Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast all about us doing what we can do to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Mr. Colin Parker. Mr. Alex Taylor. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, uh, good because Homeboy has finally graduated from college. Woo! What up? What up? Internet. What up? Yeah. I have a very expensive blank folder <laughs> uh, because they huh? mail you the diploma. So they give you oh, like that okay. little, they give you that little empty folder that's like made of leather to be like, ooh, look at this, isn't this so fancy? But then yeah. they, they don't, don't actually, yeah. Um, so when I when I actually graduated, like, the, well, they don't give you the diplomas there just in case you know you're dumb and you like lose it. But instead, they gave us a, uh, they gave us a little like nice little like tree sprout thing. It was like a Norwegian wood, which is really nice. They also gave us a uh, little advert to give back to Towson, which was also really cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you haven't seen. The new John Mulaney special, you absolutely should, uh-huh. because he definitely talks about that in that, yeah. right? He yeah. talks about how it's like, you know, he gets a phone call, and it was the college that he already gave $120,000 to, and they're like, mm-hmm. give us some money, right? And that is absolutely what it feels like. Yeah. I didn't even finish at Towson, and every now and then Towson will try and give me a call, and I'm like, no, N- no, I didn't, no, I didn't graduate from there, so no, and they're like, well, don't you want to help others graduate? And I was like, no, I would like to graduate somewhere else myself. So, yeah, no. And also, I, you know, college payments are a hell of a doozy. So it's like, they are. I don't know where you think I'm going to be getting uh, that extra money from. Nope. Um, but other than graduation, what have we been working on recently? What have you been working on? So, uh, because of the recent um, ill weather, I haven't really been able to live stream as much, which has kind of been a bit of a bummer. But so, um, some YouTubers that I follow, Hat Films, they um, well, so they do a lot of like improvised songs and things like that. Uh-huh. And during a recent um, GTA video, actually, like right at the beginning, one of their members like started doing an improvised song, uh-huh. and then a, a couple like about a month or so later. Um, they put up an animated video for the song. They actually like composed some music under it, and they also put the stems for it. So I'm working on a, a choral arrangement of that very song. Very nice, very nice. But because I don't want to pitch shift like every individual clip, I'm probably going to have to vocode it. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> hmm. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a process, but like it, it'll. I, I mean, it'll be like you said. You don't want to go in and pitch shift every single thing. So that'll be yeah. much nicer. Hopefully, still need to actually learn how to use the vocoder. Anyway, how, what about you? Um, honestly, most of the stuff since graduation or since the last time we spoke, it's really mm-hmm. been graduate, pack up my pack, pack my bags and move away. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, but I, I moved back to Maryland uh, mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago. Only been in town for a couple of days. Um, this is going to air well before the videos of this come out, but. Morgan Spatola of Academy Outcasts mm-hmm. uh, was up here in Maryland, and we hung out with her just the other day. And she is, um, she's, she's so nice. She is so nice. And it's like, man, have you met us? Because it's like, how did you become friends with us? Because we all kind of suck. Like, for no, real. It's just, it's just more of like, we really just really rip into Graham. Uh, yeah. Graham, hey, buddy. I'm sorry. I, just, you're, you're, he's literally right next door to me right now. I could just lean out my door and just yell, hey, Graham, I'm sorry, buddy. Anyway, well, um, I mean, he 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 kind of did encourage it, though. That's fair. That is fair. And we did talk about the origin of that. Um, yeah. No, but Morgan was here, and so we did some family game night stuff. We're bringing that show back. Um, eventually, it's going to become a stream, 
Um, but considering I had just moved back and, you know, we had just barely gotten some of this equipment out um, and set up, it was kind of hard to just stream immediately. Um, yeah. But uh, it'll, it'll still be fun. Um, so those things will be coming out pretty soon. Um, and the last thing that I worked on was um, the next episode of Myth Takes that also drops this week. Yeah. Um, we also talked about it, I think, a little bit online, but until we introduce all the characters, I think we are going to try and go weekly. Mm -hmm. um with all the you know character introductions um which should mean i think the next three weeks in a row should get us through everybody um yeah but it's okay because you know again you kind of get to meet these really interesting characters and then there is still an intro and outro for all of these so um i think it'll kind of help set up the lore and the the arena if you will definitely um, it also gives us enough time to actually set up like what are the scenes going to be and you know because we're Right. And the other thing is, yeah. like, you know, I had started to write some of these stories and um, I've already had to shift them a little bit because as I actually got to know certain people's characters, I was like, you know, it actually might be hard to start these three particular characters off together. But I could actually take these two and then this person from that intro. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. But the thing is, like, it doesn't matter what order they're introduced in because in the end, the, all the introductions uh, happen after the first few stories. But you'll, you'll get to it if you listen. Myth Takes drops every other Thursday. Like I said, for the next couple of weeks, it'll be dropping every Thursday until we intro everyone. Uh, it's a really fun show. It's a rotating cast of Scavengers Network folks. So Yeah, um, and it's a real big myth take. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so Alex, before we get into the presentation today, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to figure out sort of who I wanted to talk about. I mean, I've had I have a long list of folks. Yeah. Um but I felt like I, I talk a lot about um, musicians, um, which is not an issue, right? Because mm. we're both musicians, and that's where we get a lot of our influence from. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I should just double check the Forbes 30 under 30 list um, and see who I haven't talked about, you know, or that like was at one point on my list and I just never got around to. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I, interestingly enough, something from that made me find a different subject to talk about today yeah. uh, that wasn't on their 30 under 30, I did find, while searching around Forbes, um, Forbes has a bunch of like little infographics of traits, basically, of, like, they, they call it the 30 under 30 DNA, mm-hmm. and so I thought this was just some interesting information to pass along. Yeah, I, I really like this piece of information, which is, um, you know, immigrants first generation, right? Um mm-hmm. It's immigrants and, you know, first generation. 19% are immigrants and 17% are first generation. Cool. Um, which I think is a really cool info uh, piece there. Um, and uh, when you the, when you ask these 30 under 30s, what is the best way to describe millennials? 44% of them call them creators. 12% of them call them curators. 36% call them change agents. And 8% of them call them consumers. Um, and the most important... Uh, words or terms for entrepreneurs, uh, as chosen by former 30 under 30s, are resilience, grit, focus, passion, confidence, drive, persistence, optimism, humility, and vision. And so here's we have just a couple more of these things. I just think these are things that are very interesting and kind of cool to hear for people, especially like us, considering you know uh, this this particular page. I think right, yeah, um, because of things that we've talked about about where we were when we decided that we wanted to make these changes or to make this journey. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? 64% said change the world. 27% said self-fulfillment. 
8% said, be my own boss. And 1% said, get rich, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, that 1%. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, I really like this one as well. Where were you when you launched your venture? 36% said home. 23% said dorm room. 23% said former job. 17% said other. And 1% said still waiting. Hmm. And uh, this is, I think, the most relevant to us. How do you define success? 50% of them said liking myself and what I do. 44% said achieving my potential. 4% said being first. And 2% said wealth. Hmm. And when did you decide what you wanted to do for life? Uh, And I think that this is such a great graphic because it is fairly even for the most part, but it's it's so widespread. 19% said still deciding. That's still deciding from 30 under 30s. Like people who have already been nominated or hold these high positions here are still deciding. And that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, 11% were after college. 27%, that's the highest number on this one, uh, is in college. Mm-hmm. 20% high school, 23% before high school. Mm-hmm. So those are just kind of really small little things that they've kind of uh, done some information grab, I guess you could say, from yeah. these uh, former people. Um, and I, but I just think that those are, those are interesting. Um, definitely. So one thing that we've kind of been highlighting over the course of these, um, podcasts is like, what are the common threads between a lot of the people that we've talked about that have made it on the list? And Mm -hmm. well, and especially people that we've kind of chosen because there've been maybe other people that have gotten on the list that we've kind of like avoided, but it's, it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see. Well, and I I guess like the major thing that we've kind of been harping on is the fact that they've made things that have united people together for a certain cause and i don't know if that's kind of like a correlation as opposed to like kind of like the cause of something but it's just interesting to see that it's not just like the fact that people are making things that either bring people together or just find a way to unite people in some way or another because thinking about it that kind of sounds like you know when you're having a you're in like a discussion class and you have like an observation that you think is like really insightful and and I guess we'll just go with really insightful. And right, then you say yeah. it. And then after you say it, you're like, that was probably the most obvious thing I could have said. But see, I don't think there's always a bad thing with sometimes saying the most obvious thing because after you say it, that is obviously going to make you feel like it's more obvious. But yeah. sometimes it wasn't obvious to you until the moment you said it. That's true. You know, like there have definitely been things where I, I've then said something or done something and gone, how like this was so obvious how did i not see this right yeah. but at the same time again anything will always be obvious once you know it right the same thing is like for instance if you lose your car keys i'm going to try that sentence again because i said that word so weirdly mm-hmm. if you lose your car keys in your yeah. house right and you're looking all over for them you could find them in one of the most obscure places and you'd be like oh my god how could i forget that i put them there yeah this was so this was such an obvious answer mm-hmm. but it really wasn't because if it wasn't, if it was obvious, you would have picked them up the second you needed to find your keys. Yeah. You know? So sometimes there's no problem with kind of searching around to find what may seem obvious, just because sometimes, you know, everyone's, everyone's journey is a little different. And I think that some of those graphics really made that more obvious and made me feel a little bit better about how we have felt sometimes about mm-hmm. our own personal journeys. Yeah. All because of the fact that, you know, some of these things are really like super pertinent to us, you know? Yeah. For instance, like the things about, um, you know, how they define uh, success or where were you when you launched your venture? 
I was kind of halfway between home and dorm room personally, but you know, uh, but seeing the the fact that a lot of people, nineteen percent say still deciding, that was wild to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because that's such a huge chunk of that group, and they've to a certain extent they've already made it, but they haven't necessarily found exactly what they think they're going to do for life. Yeah. And that's a really, really cool fact. Definitely. Um, especially, oh, I'm sorry. Um, especially because it, see, I don't know if it's just like with millennials in this generation or just with different like socioeconomic trends, but it just seems like there's much more acceptance of kind of not being sure of what you're doing, or maybe that's the wrong way to phrase it. No, I think that's actually the perfect way of saying that. Like, I think you nailed it on the head there. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I was just talking recently with someone about the fact that some people um, that are like, you know, like baby boomers or something like that, yeah, they will sometimes think that it is, um, they'll think it's kind of odd if they look at someone's resume and see that they change jobs every 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And they think that that means that someone can't hold down a job. But what it really breaks down to is a lot of the times millennials are or people of of the generation that are after us or right before ours, I think are starting to learn a little bit more about kind of what their self-worth is. Mm-hmm. And if they think they're not getting paid enough, they are going to leave that job to find another job that will treat them better. Yeah. Um, and we've, we had this discussion, like, honestly, like 10 episodes ago about pivoting in life. Yeah. Um, and people of our generation tend to pivot more than people of past generations. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. I think that by pivoting more, I think we end up trying more things and finding better options in the long run because we have so much experience in different things because there's so many people who eventually go, oh, well, I've only done one thing for the last 30 years yeah, and they don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that you really did nail it on the head. And it's really interesting, some of the, something that you also said like a couple minutes ago about um, you said something basically about like finding these these causes essentially, right? And like mm-hmm. finding these paths and like these people to sort of follow. Yeah. Um, and you know, messages that people have. And um as I was searching through the thirty under thirty list, uh, I was looking at um like social change folks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, there is someone that I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um Someone that uh, I I think is truly, if you want to talk about a career, if this is obviously a career, but this is definitely almost more of just a lifestyle if you want to look at it that way, because this mm-hmm. this person's career sort of is their life now. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Malala Yousafzai. Mm-hmm. You may recognize the name, uh, especially if you were like an avid Daily Show with Jon Stewart fan. She was on uh, pretty frequently. Yeah. But uh, Malala Yousafzai um, once defied the Taliban in Pakistan and demanded that girls be allowed to receive an education. Um, So, okay, so you see, uh, she'd become an advocate for girls' education when she herself was still like a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that resulted in the Taliban issuing a death threat against her. On October 9th, 2012, a gunman shot Malala when she was traveling home from school. Uh, she survived, though, right? Yeah. And has continued to speak out in um, continued to speak out on the importance of education. In 2013, she gave a speech to the United Nations and published her first book, "I Am Malala." Uh, in 2014, 
She won the Nobel Peace Prize at the age of 17, becoming the youngest person to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't have this written down in my notes. It's just something that I remember very vividly about that whole thing was at one point they were, they were talking about the, the Nobel Peace Prize and said that it might be her, but it might be somebody else. And she had said, I would really love to win that because it would be another great moment to sort of push this platform forward. Yeah. But in the end, you know, even if I don't get it, this isn't about winning a Nobel Peace Prize. It's about winning peace. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. How are you just such a wonderful person? Um, so b- back to her, her like, and the notes that I, I have written here. After this assassination attempt, she continued to speak out, or she has continued, rather, uh, to speak out and share her opinions on the importance of education uh, at home uh, and to, to the UN, like I, like I just mentioned. Um, and she made a lot of appearances on national television. Um, once again, like the daily show with John Stewart. Yeah. Um, and John Stewart is still one of her biggest fans. I, I will never forget after some of the more horrific events that have happened in this country on one of the days where he just sort of refused to be funny. Yeah. Um, he had her on and it was like, you could just see how her spirit completely lifted this person who usually is sort of a beacon of hope himself right yeah. of somehow finding a way to make people laugh and yet still give them the harder to deal with information even he was like i think this is too much for me and she her spirit just sort of lifted him back out from those troubling waters now malala said um on one of her interviews i realize that education is very important and education is a power for women And that's why the terrorists are afraid of education. They do not want women to get education because then women will become more powerful. And to be perfectly frank, I think her statements ring true outside of a terroristic view in other countries. We truly still see similar mindsets here in America, right? Especially in places of work. Um, Although perhaps it's a little bit less, you know, uh, or maybe it's a little bit more like quote unquote privately said in america right as opposed to like large you know um statements to the nation uh this land that's supposed to be the definition of freedom and choice and power we still see folks who feel threatened by women having educations uh and by women having uh power yeah uh so yusafzai has such a great outlook and attitude on all of this Uh, she mentioned she mentions in many interviews about how her father was an advocate for women's rights and women's education. Um, But at a young age, she thought, why should I wait for someone else? Why should I be looking to the government or the army to help us? Why don't I raise my voice? Uh, So she wrote and spoke on every platform, like on blogs, uh, going on national television, going on international television, uh, to tell the world what was happening in SWAT, um, you know, her, her, her village. Her, uh, and and where she lived, right? Um, and of how the terrorists were truly just causing this unlivable and unnavigable situation. Um, I think one of her most incredible quotes came from her when she was talking to John Stewart. Yeah. Um, and she was uh, asked, you know, she basically she had asked herself uh, earlier on, um, but when the, when she found out that there was this threat on her life, yeah. She asked herself what she would do if the Taliban followed up on that promise to harm her. Uh, and she said, if the Talib came, uh, come for me, I will simply hit him with my shoe. But then I said to myself, no, you mustn't do that. 
If you do that, then there is no difference between him and you. You must not treat others with cruelty and harshness. You must fight them with peace and dialogue and education. And I would tell him that. I would tell him how important it was, and how I wished it for his children as well. And then once I had told him that, I would say, now do what you want. And I think that that is such an incredible mindset Yeah. to, even after you know people want you dead, to still want, like, peace and this, like, better future for that person and that person's children. Definitely. Well, and it kind of just shows the strength of a person's character when they're willing to put aside, like, the amount of spite that I imagine one would feel from someone trying to kill them and then surviving. Like, I... I mean, personally, I have enough troubles, like, with not being, with, with not, with, like, putting aside, like, my own spite, my own, I guess, like, anger right. towards certain people. And it's not to say that she didn't, she wouldn't feel any anger itself, but to just process it in such a way, and then, but the No, pro- I absolutely feel that. Like, it's reading, um, reading some of these interviews and rewatching some of them while I was making my notes, it's that thing of, like, when you see Earth from outer space for a moment. And you realize, like, you can't even begin to see where you are on that planet. And you're just sort of like, oh, man. Like, sometimes it things like that and statements like this, and especially for someone who's gone through so much, makes you realize that some of the things that you kind of hold grudges for or whatever uh, are just so, like, it really is just spiteful. And it's it's, it's almost meaningless to hold on to those emotions. And it's like, man. Yeah. Like, what have I been doing? Um. And I definitely want to talk more about what we've learned from her. Mm-hmm. Um, let's cut over to our marketing department here um, in Forbes headquarters. Um, and then um, we'll talk more about what we learned from her. Uh, and before we do that, I just want to read one last statement of hers mm-hmm. that uh, even though it sort of has some similar elements from some of the other things that I've already talked about and quoted from her, this is just a very specific statement that I think sums all of those points up. Mm-hmm. She said, The extremists were, and they are, afraid of books and pens. The power of education frightens them. They are afraid of women. Let us pick up our books and pens. They are our most powerful weapons. Wow. Do you believe in ghosts? Zach Bagans does, or rather, he does now. And I apologize if I um, mispronounced your last name, Zach. His last name is Bagans or Baggins, B-A-G-A-N-S, Baggins or Baggins. I am so sorry. After one paranormal (laughs) experience changed his life, he decided to show the world how to see through his eyes, one haunted location at a time. Oh, and he brought us two idiot friends, and they're going to hoot and holler about every damn thing because this is a ghost show for the common man. Ghost Adventures began in the mid-2000s, a wild time when nobody knew fashion and everybody was dumb. Now in its 15th... 15th season, I can't even say it. No fucking joke. The Ghost Adventures crew still adventures to haunted locations where they lose their shit all night. On Insanely Haunted, we watch every episode of it. Come with us on this journey, won't you? Freshly offers chef-prepared, all-natural, gourmet meals delivered to customers' doorsteps through a weekly subscription model. Healthy means that our menu is designed using whole, natural ingredients. Every meal is packed with high-quality proteins, heart-healthy fats, and nutrient-dense carbohydrates. Freshly meals will never contain gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. Meals arrive fresh, never frozen, and are ready to eat within three minutes. 
And as a Scavengers Network listener, you can take 30% off of your first week if you just go to bit.ly slash scavfresh. That's bit.ly slash scavfresh. Freshly. Fresh delivered. Um, and before we go back to it, just because we've already been talking about her, uh, I'd like to take a moment. Just sit right there. No, I'm kidding. Sorry, that's that's not appropriate. Um, Colin. Uh, sorry. Colin. Uh, no, I, I did want to take a Colin. moment to talk about the Malala Fund. Founded in 2013, Malala Fund champions every girl's right to 12 years of free, safe, quality education. We believe girls are the best investment in the future, peace, and prosperity of our world. Malala Fund works in regions where the most girls miss out on secondary education. So currently, our primary countries are Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, Nigeria, and other countries housing Syrian refugees like Jordan, Lebanon, and Turkey. Yeah, and there are a lot of things you can do to help. You can create a fundraising page to support Malala Fund's work to see every goal in school. You can join the movement by signing up for the latest news from Malala and how you can help out girls go to school. You can also donate and help every girl learn for 12 years and lead without fear. A gift to Malala Fund supports girls' secondary education projects around the world. And lastly, you can host a screening of He Named Me Malala, the documentary film about Malala, her family, and her, adv- her advocacy for girls' education. Just go to www.malala.org for more details. That's www.malala.org for more details. It's a great cause and absolutely something worth following and working with to make a difference in countless lives. Um, and again, like that was said when she was like 16, 17, and it's just like, God. Yeah. When I was 16 or 17, I was just like, uh, right? Like, that's yeah, sad like, <laughs> about myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Alex, so, um, Colin. this is obviously one of the most wonderful people who's ever lived on this planet. Yes. Um, and there is honestly, I mean, I feel like there's a, a well of knowledge that we can learn from here. Certainly. Um, but what are some of the kind of, I guess, maybe highlights just so we can kind of keep this episode? To our normal length. So I guess one thing that I've so I was doing a little bit of digging on her, and one well, so I guess this is going back to the point of something not being obvious until it's said. So one thing, <coughs> so one thing is that there's so many things that we take for granted in this country, like basic education for everyone, for example. So that's mm. not to say that our country doesn't have its own plethora of issues, but if you're so rooted in a culture. And it's, let me start that over. If you're so rooted in a culture, it's kind of tough. It, it's, I imagine it's impossible to see where in the, where the inequalities lie, right? And one thing that I should be surprised about, but I'm actually not surprised about is how much um, negative reaction has actually been in Pakistan. So like in actually in 2015, um, Malala's book, I am Malala was actually banned and there was actually conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory going around that Malala was actually a um, USA agent. Her father was a double agent or traitor, and all these other things. And it's un- and it unfortunately it draws a parallel to a lot of the thing a lot of things that are currently going on in our own country, right? So it's I'm I'm trying to think what is it like I'm, I'm trying to think of like what phrase this reminds me of. Like the only thing I'm thinking of is like you stare into the void and it stares back, but it's. 
like you stare into the void, but the void stares back. Yeah, thing. that. But I, I, th- I think there's the a void ne- the better phrase for that, but nothing else is really. No, I feel you. Um, something that I also really sort of pulled from this is, yeah. you know, we've been talking for a little while about what are some ways now that we are an actual company and now that we are uh, pretty much all going to be back in the same state. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, those of us who are part of like the video team and stuff like that. But yeah. um, what are some of the ways that we can give back ourselves, right? Yeah. And seeing how much she does for others in, you know, for as far as education goes and stuff like that, it's one of those things that makes me, you know, really realize just how important that sort of work is, like doing outreach stuff. Um, and, you know, I think so often companies and groups and stuff like that focus so much on, well, what's going to make us money, yeah. right? But it, it, this is, uh, this reading through all of this and doing this research was a reminder to myself that one of the big things that we've talked about since the day we started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Hang on one second. Someone just knocked on my door. One of the things that we talked about since the start of this whole thing has been doing things like community outreach and charity and yeah. uh, just how can we give back? Um, especially because, you know, I think that artists of any variety don't get enough funding on like the high school and below level. Yeah. Um, and reading about this reminded me that that is such a, that that is deeply rooted in one of the reasons that we started all of this. And it's not that I lost track of that. No. But it was a thing of, you know, I've been focusing so much on, well, how can we start making a profit so that we can actually, you know, get paid to do this stuff? Yeah. But it, it is a thing of like, well, you don't have to get paid to to at least contribute time or to to do outreach, right? Yeah. Um, even if we don't have funds coming in to do charity, we have the ability to give our time to local organizations and to uh, local schools and stuff like that. And it is something that made me realize that it's something that, you know, I don't want to lose sight of. And um, it has definitely made me sort of, for lack of a better term, double down on on some of that, uh, some of those decisions. Certainly. Just, just so we can make even remotely close to an impact on education here in the States as she has uh, overseas. Yeah. So have you thought about some ways we could actually make that happen? Yeah. I mean, there's been a, quite a few things. Um, I know that we've talked about finding ways to host different sort of events uh, in different cities for uh, like kind of a arts showcase mm-hmm. um, and getting like local schools to, you know, put forward like their best troop of like improv actors or something like that so like maybe like let's say we did this in howard county maryland right let's say that we say okay every high school in howard county submit something from your groups right Mm -hmm. and we're going to try to take at least what so we definitely will take one from every school but uh you know it's like a thing of maybe it'll be three symphonic bands one orchestra one acting troupe, like like improv troupe, but then maybe one group of students who are doing like like almost like a cabaret like thing, like musical theater 
uh, renditions. And then maybe you have an art department who comes in and does like a speed drawing, speed painting or something, you know, and then maybe you have a live podcast taping, like all sorts of different forms of art coming together to sort of be showcased uh, in one spot and hopefully have some sort of way to raise money and funds for local school, um, local uh, like board of educations, but with money being donated directly to arts funding, because we keep cutting funding from arts programs, even in Howard County, where the arts are pretty well supported. Uh, And, you know, it's the arts are really all that we're doing a lot of this stuff for. I mean, like life in general, right? Yeah. Entertainment and culture and everything is just all based off of these things. So we need to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. Um, Certainly. We'll the last thing I can up. say, sorry, I, I'll, let me just yeah. get through this one and then, then I'll. Um, and it's not a huge thing necessarily, but we are trying to start a like kind of podcasting outreach thing um, that we're going to be doing kind of a test run at Reservoir High School in a couple of weeks. Um, that It's going to be Graham, uh, Stephanie Ikniowski, uh, and myself, um, since we're alumni from that school. Uh, and what we're doing is we're going in to talk about how, uh, like radio drama shows like Dragnet and stuff like that, right? Like those old things, and uh, like Lone Ranger, the things that you would see kids kind of gathering around the radio to listen to with a family every week. Um, podcasting has sort of brought that back with things like the adventure zone or homecoming by Gimlet media, uh, shows like that really have started to bring back that format. And if you're a theater kid. Um, this is a really great opportunity for you to do something uh, that's close to being free, or at least very inexpensive to produce and get out there, and maybe have a way to sort of express yourself as well. And so we're going to be teaching students how to write uh, narrative story podcasting, uh, podcast rather, and then we're going to have a little mini event where they all perform them for each other. We're going to record it, and then we're going to publish it for them. So that they have a free resource that anytime they want to apply to a college or have some sort of reel, they can say, well, if you'd like to hear some of my voice acting, go check out this episode of this thing on, like, here's a link to it on iTunes and Stitcher or whatever. And you can hear more of my uh, my work there. Um, and it's just basically creating this free resource mm-hmm. of us doing this program because we're not asking for money to do it. Like, the only thing that, like, they would have to pay for is if you make an event out of it maybe paying for the doors to be open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like paying like custodial and electricity or whatever, but like we aren't asking for a cent. We just want to bring this format to students to have a resource and a new creative outlet. Well, and I think that's a great opportunity to get to not only kind of spread the spread, spread out the art form itself, but also just give, well, one find a way to give back like we'd mentioned, but also just find a, giving kids another option right because uh-huh. i mean before this really became a thing like it i kind of felt like there weren't like very many options at least for me to kind of figure out like ways i could kind of like get the ideas in my head like we either, either out onto paper out into out into like the sonic form or whatever so yeah no for real yeah no i feel that um and you know it's it's interesting because obviously now you and i have such this deep appreciation and love for podcasting but podcasting when i was in high school was practically non-existent mm-hmm. uh we talked about it in the mark hoppus episode but there was hi my name is mark um 
Jeb had his old podcast that, you know, only had like four or five episodes. Um, but I really, really loved it and I wish that there had been more. But um it was sort of the precursor to whatever we call it, mm-hmm. really. Um, but you know, podcasting was just like non existent and it was is kind of um not unaccessible, but it was a lot more difficult to to be accessible because smartphones weren't really fully a thing just yet and you know having these apps to download these things like you had to plug your uh ipod into a computer or you had to be sitting at itunes in order to listen to it Mm -hmm. and that was really the only way that you could uh consume this product but now you can consume it on almost any type of platform on any type of device um and you can record it pretty much anywhere uh and so that makes it this really great resource for students to have and the fact that like we just sort of will help them just get it published just all they have to do is do it Mm -hmm. and we'll 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 help them get it out there so that their vision can be out in the world yeah um and i can't remember if we talked about it on this show or if i'm thinking about when i was on blink and you'll miss it with james anderson Mm -hmm. but the the students of today have been making it pretty well known that they aren't going to sit around and take shit anymore Mm -mm. Um, and that they want their ideas out there and heard. Um, and I think that they really should be. I think too often we ignore the younger folks of of this world. Certainly. Uh, and you can make jokes about fidget spinners or whatever you want, all you want. But, uh, I mean, if you really look at all the work that's been happening from the students um, from Florida and really all the students who have done the national walkout days, s- these students aren't fucking around. And like, they're... They're tired of not being listened to. Um, just because they are 16 or even 14, um, and may not necessarily may not necessarily be able to vote just yet, mm-hmm. they're gonna be able to vote pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And if you don't listen to them now, they're not gonna listen to you in four, five, two years. Mm-mm. You know? Um, so I, I think that doing things like this and reaching out and just having some sort of hand in furthering education especially in this country where education is just kind of really having a difficult time right now um with for all sorts of reasons um any way that you can give back whether it's through us doing things like this or whether you're donating books or whether you're donating time to some of the fundraisers and drives that high schools and middle schools and elementary schools have go out there and and help change some lives of some students from your community. Um, it, trust me, it goes a long way. Definitely. Any more thoughts? I mean, I, you kind of had your whole piece there, so I didn't really know what else to add to that. No, no. I mean like, like if, is there any more lessons that we could have learned? Oh, um, I mean, that's, I, I think you pretty much nailed it. Oh, great. Well, what about the listeners? Hey, tweet at us. Yeah. Email us. If we missed a valuable lesson here, um, call us. I mean, like, we, yeah, like, call us. Call me, maybe. Um, hey, Carly. Carly? You can call me. Please. You can absolutely call me. We're really big fans. I just, you know, look, I like, and that, that's not even like a flirtatious thing. Like, literally, I'll, I'm just saying, like, just call me. Like, we'll, we'll chat. Yeah. Like, come play family game night. Carly Ray Jepsen, hey. Call her me, Jepsen. I Jepson. know you listen. Oh, my God. See, that's <laughs> going to get her to not call us. But, hey, CRJ, give us a call. We'll put you in a video. We'll put you on a podcast. Are you on Steam? We, wa- we could we could we play wanna- like Siege. We could do like <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Overwatch. You whatever imagine- you want. Honestly, I mean, we could buy the game. Carly Rae like Jepsen for real. Rainbow Six Siege and being like yelling at Michael Palmer. Michael, being like, 
I said, clear the room to the left, you know, and Michael's just like, oh my God, Laurie. Anyway, um, so yeah, let us know if we've missed anything. I mean, you know, kind of like we said earlier, there's a lot to be learned from from this fantastic girl, um, and it's hard to touch on it in a hour or less podcast. Um, but if there's something that you really appreciate about her, um, or her work, or the fun's work, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll talk about it on the next episode. We'll talk about it online. Um, you know, we just, we really want to have more people know about all of this stuff. You know, I think this was a pretty solid sweet 16 for Journey Under 30. Certainly. And I also think that's a pretty good spot to leave it. So. I think so. Please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Scavengers Play, our um, Let's Play series, where we play a lot of different games together with, and it's like a lot of different people up in uh, one. Up in the mix. Yeah, up in the mix. Or if you're looking for more podcasts, try out our other great shows on the network, like Myth Takes. You can find those video series on YouTube, or you can find our podcast wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Uh, And if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. And I'm on Twitter, too. And you can find us both at ScavengersNet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this episode is coming to you hot and fresh, hot and ready for $5. I guess Little Caesars is now $6, isn't it? And this is for free, technically, Um, so... Uh, well, whatever. Um, so this will be ready for you for free on May 22nd. So our next episode will be on June 5th. All right. This year is just flying right along, man. For real. Um, so, hey, thanks for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. I'll see you on the Forbes. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs>